This is episode 374 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Garlic Uses in Traditional Medicine. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by my ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like some more information, click on the link in the show notes or come on over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, before we jump into our article, I want to just cover a couple of things and you know, I want to be very careful. I don't want to get into always covering current events, um, at least you know, making a part of every podcast because I don't have time to do it really, really well. Uh, you know, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's podcasts that do that really, really well every single day and uh, I just don't have the time to be able to do that, but there's things that always pop up and uh, I, I think they're important and so I want to share them with you. Uh, this morning, I saw that Alex Jones, uh, all of his YouTube channel or his YouTube channels uh, and Apple, I guess the big one is that Apple pulled his podcast uh, off of uh, their iTunes, which that's the big one, right? I mean, that's, um, you know, I get a lot of traffic from and those who have podcasts get a lot of traffic from a bunch of other networks. But the big one is iTunes. That's the one that really uh, gets it out there for other people. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, and uh, they pulled uh, it, it, it. And the thing is, is, it wasn't just Apple. It was just like this concerted effort by all these social medias. And so uh, I was just linking, you know, the Drudge Report had a couple of different articles and I hit one that's uh, from CNBC. But I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was Apple. So Apple pulled off uh, his podcast, Facebook uh, deleted or canceled his uh, pages, YouTube canceled his uh, his channel, uh, Pinterest even clamped down on the content that Alex Jones was putting out. And so this CNBC article, I'm going to link to it on the, in the show notes if you want to go to it. Uh, I'm not going to read it all definitely, but uh, even Spotify was doing some, uh, some of those types of things. And the, the thing is, is that this is kind of scary. You know, they were all talking about that he was, uh, you know, he uh, violated their their guidelines of hate speech. But here's the deal. All of them within a 12 hour period yanked them off. And I mean, come on, really. Now, I don't know if you know who Alex Jones is. For those of you who don't know, he's a very, you know, conspiracy theorist out there. Although like Donald Trump was out, you know, did did come on his show before, um, you know, when he was running for president. So, I mean, there's some things out there that he talks about. He does go in there and and uh, like when there's protests, like the protests that I was talking about, he's got people that go in there right in the middle of it. They're getting uh, they're they're filing reports. They're streaming live. Uh, I remember when Ferguson was going on, the Ferguson riots. Um, he had people that were there and they were, uh, you know, they were streaming live. So you, you didn't just get the mainstream media's version of what was going on. You saw live footage from, you know, people that were there on the ground. And so there's a benefit to that. But a lot of people don't like him because, he, you know, he talks, he gets kind of loud and kind of crazy. And, and some of the things that he says are really, really out there. And so regardless of how you feel about him or not, uh, I'm not really here to, uh, you know, to push him one way or the other. 
My problem is, is that all of these social medias all at one time clamped down, you know, and they all said it was because of, you know, violating the guidelines, but they all clamped down on a 12 in a 12 hour period. You know, they shut down all this stuff. And to me, that's not, um, you know, that's not uh, because of, uh, you know, hate speech and all that kind of stuff. That is like they all talked to each other and said, hey, we're going to go ahead and take out Alex Jones today. Today's going to be the, the day that we take him out. I went to his website, Infowars.com, because I wanted to see if they're putting anything out. Like, so if everybody started to, um, you know, all the the social medias are, you know, taking him off there or, or removing the ability for him to communicate with the followers on the social media. Um, he's still on Twitter. Uh, I, you know, he's still on Twitter right now. But I was I was curious, being a website owner and being one that sometimes, you know publishes things that people might not like to see and might not like to to read and and could report them to Facebook and Twitter and all that YouTube and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to see how they were communicating with their people or if there was a way that they were going to communicate with their people, uh, the followers and stuff like that, if for whatever reason all these social medias went down. Now, they've got the website. I don't see anything, you know, right off of the bat that says that, hey, you know, if... uh, you know, we go down, uh, make sure that, you know, you connect here. Now, they do have a, like a newsletter uh, that you can stay informed. I'm pretty sure that if you subscribe for that newsletter, you're going to get a lot of emails per day. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not sure uh, on that one or not. But, uh, you know, th- that's always the, the possibility. But that's something that I have said before in the past is that if you... Uh, you know, if all these things, they start taking down all these, you know, patriotic preparedness, homesteading, uh, you know, whatever, you know, freedom loving uh, websites and stuff that are out there, how are they going to communicate? Now, of course, you have the websites that are still there, but what if they uh, conspired against that, you know, as well? You know, here I am talking conspiracy. You do have the email list. And so it might be one of those things where you do want to get on that email list to where you you know, see what it's like. I mean, you can always subscribe. It's really easy to un, to unsubscribe nowadays. But you you know what? I'm actually I'm going to do it. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, I'm going to do actually. So there is something up here on the top that says subscribe to the band show. So I'm going to go ahead and see what it's like and do that. But you know, I always have that in the back of my mind for my email list as well. Now I don't email every single uh, day. Definitely. I think at the most, it's usually two times a week that I send out an email. Mostly, it's just one time a week. But uh, that is a way that you can, uh, that I can communicate with people out there is through the email list. And so, uh, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. But when I was looking on their website, I came across this article, The Real Reason Apple, Facebook, Spotify, and YouTube Banned InfoWars. Now, uh, I want to. I wanted to just go ahead and read this. I'm going to leave it all up to you as far as you know how to take this or not. But I just wanted to read just a few things here. Okay, so uh, let me go ahead and jump into. That. I'm going to link to this one in the show notes as well, and so you can uh, you know you can go to it and and uh, check it out. So uh, here it goes. This is a statement from Alex Jones. The EU is already fining Google and others if they don't start censoring speech by calling it hate speech and or fake news. When our government doesn't start fining them for violations of free speech, racketeering, and trust monopolistic behavior that encourage other governments like China and the EU have influence over the free market of ideas. But this situation also highlights the trust set up by multinational combines based in China and in Europe that's stealing all of our rights and freedoms through a concerted effort. 
All right, so I don't know how to take all of that there. Um, here we go. Over two and a half years ago, Matt Drudge came to our studio and warned of this attack on the First Amendment. That's why they want alternative and independent media shut down. They've, they would have done all of this last year had Hillary gotten into the White House, yet due to Trump instead of getting elected, this plan has been held off for about a year and a half. Now, it seems they don't fear Trump for whatever reason, and now they're making their move. But I don't think President Trump has been compromised, but he's compromising himself one way or another if his administration doesn't make this the central issue. Free speech is the central issue. This is the heart of the matter. This is the core this is it. So Apple, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube all banned InfoWars within 12 hours of each other, illustrating how last night's purge was a coordinated effort and has nothing to do with these platforms enforcing hate speech rules. Here are the real reasons InfoWars is being purged by big tech. InfoWars is widely credited with having played a key role in electing Donald Trump. By banning InfoWars, big tech is engaging in election meddling just three months before crucial midterms. When with the InfoWars ban, Apple, Facebook, Spotify, and YouTube, Google, have all now ascribed themselves the power to remove people and outlets from their platforms based on their political opinions. This power will be abused time and time again to meddle in elections. The ban also sets the precedent that, precedent that the mere ch charge alone of having committed hate speech with no specific examples even provided, is enough to memory hole an individual or group's digital presence. The ban is just part of a wider censorship purge that also uses stealth censorship, shadow banning, and algorithmic manipulation to hide and buy conservative content, or to bury con conservative content. Sorry, I, I, I didn't increase the font on this one. I'm straining to read it. Um, and then lastly, Apple also chose to shut down InfoWars after we repeatedly criticized them for working with and selling data to the communist Chinese government. Just a coincidence, I'm sure. So anyway, um, you know, there's a little bit more here on this one. But I guess the precedent is that, you know, they, it's so easy just to, to, to mark them off and to shut them down. And, uh, you know, that is a concern from, uh, you know, for free speech. Now, there are people out there and, and I, I believe this as well, right? That these companies are owned. They're private companies. Um, they, you know, YouTube, Facebook, you know, Apple, they're all private companies that, that are owned, whatever. And, uh, of course, you know, you can buy stocks and, and all that kind of stuff, but they are companies and so they can do whatever they want. I mean, you you usually sign up for their, you know, when you when you sign up, you you click that little box, and a lot of times you don't read all the little fine print. And pretty much, I mean, they're they're controlling whatever they want to control. Um, but it is scary how easy it is because everybody tends to depend on these social medias. It's so easy to go to Facebook. It's so easy to go to Twitter and, and to YouTube and to, you know, it's all of these. And a lot of people will talk about Google and, and how you shouldn't use Google as a search engine. But it just, you know, a lot of the times they don't stop doing it or there's a lot of things tied into Google that they continue using it. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that just they make it so easy for everyone to be on and to use it, and then they can start manipulating in you know behind the scenes and doing all that kind of stuff. So there really needs to be options. You really need to know where you're going to get your information. If things like you know your the Facebook uh, uh, pages that you're you're following shut down, or the YouTube channels 
that you're following shut down. I guess that's one reason why I, I feel what I do with Prepper website is so important, and uh, you know, getting finding a uh, having a place where I can get out all that great preparedness content, and then having the pages for alternative news and frugal living and DIY and even uh, you know firearms and things like that, where you can go. Uh, you know, I've I've brought together some of those the the, the best. Uh, websites that are out there for these areas and put them together on one page so that you can easily scan the most recent uh, articles and you can go and I do have Infowars in the alternative uh, news uh, setup or page over there so if you if you wanted to go check that out as well but it's just one of those things again you know I brought this up yesterday it's a it's again it's one of those things to just be aware it's one of those things to uh, be, you know, have your eyes open, pay attention, and to be aware. Uh, and, and maybe it's one of those things. It's a, a sign of the times. Um, there is another uh, social media uh, platform that's called Gab, G A B dot A I, and um, it is passing itself off as a, you know, free speech, uh, you know, First Amendment, all that kind of stuff, uh, social media. And um, the problem is that it doesn't have all the other tools that like Twitter has that you you can send things to and, and, and things like that. And so hopefully they will start ramping that up a little bit more so that uh, people that are starting to leave some of these other social medias can feel comfortable going to a place where they can share their content out and, and know people are going to see that. And so uh, maybe you'll hear more about that. I, I do have a uh, an account on there, but I just haven't really done anything with it. And so, uh, but that might be a place where people eventually start going. People who are, uh, you know, patriotic and uh, people who are into, you know, freedom, freedom living, and, and just you know want to uh, live right um, and and not have all these these things, you know, clamped down on us and, and things that are they're pushing in our face. Because if they can take out what they don't want you to see, right? They can put in front of you what they do want you to see, and they can, you know, you, you're seeing what they want you to see all the time, and that does influence you. Um, I talked about that in church on Sunday. What you put in front of your eyes, what you put, you know, in your in your ears, what you put in your mind, those things they do influence you, and they do have a say in the way that you think and you believe, and so you know that's that's kind of important there. All right, so. Um, Kind of along the same lines, um, so again, when I'm talking about keeping your eyes open um, and, and your ears you know, ready to, to hear what's going on, um, yesterday I read a little bit from Martin Armstrong or at armstrongeconomics.com, and uh, again, there was another article that kind of piqued my interest when I was uh, going through my feeds, and uh, this is not a very long one, but one that uh, if you don't know who Martin Armstrong is... He developed um, an algorithm, I guess a computer, and he will tell you it is not like an AI computer. It is not something that, you know, is like alive or anything like that. It is something that they have just put in data, all the data, all the historic data, even going back to Rome. And he often talks about Rome and, and the Romans because there is a lot of data there. there. There's a lot of information there, and especially economic information. But anyway, he's got a lot, of, you know, a, a big history and stuff. But anyway, he's able to 
this computer program, this software program, is able to look at cycles, and he talks about cycles all the time. And uh, you know, pi three point one four, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, it goes on for infinity. Um, you know, he talks about that uh, that number and cycles, and there's all kinds of things. You know, it just seems like he's always on when he's talking about the cycles and things that are coming up. And so, anyway, he has an article on his blog that says, "What comes after Trump?" will be a major political confrontation that may lead to civil war. And so I just wanted to just read a little bit about this, and I'll I'll, uh, link to it in the show notes. The hatred from the left just keeps building. I fear our computer will be correct, and we are indeed headed into a civil war, and the next presidential election may be that spark. Now, a a pair of fake Russian soldiers stood guard at the remains of President Trump's Hollywood Walk of Fame star. The hatred against Trump is really amazing. You would think he was out to write laws against everyone. I really am concerned about what comes after Trump. The political establishment wants to take back control. They are against any outsider, left or right. This may erupt into real violence in the streets for the next election. So he talks a lot about, you know, like Brexit and, uh, you know, Trump and uh, all the other things, the, the uprisings that you're, you're seeing, it's because people are turning against uh, the establishment, against government. Even, you know, the, the very socialist uh, young girl, I can't remember her name, uh, who, uh, who won, I, I guess, somewhere up on the East Coast, I think it's New Jersey or whatever, um, the very socialistic, uh, you know, platform that she, she's running on. Um, again, it was because people are fed up with politicians. And so you see that here with, with Trump. So it could have been anybody else. You know, all the other guys that were up there on the, in, during the Republican primary were all establishment guys. You know, even, you know, all the, the people that hadn't been in politics for a while, they're still establishment. They're still viewed as establishment guys. And everyone's like, we're tired of this. And so, you know, it could have been anybody else who was not an establishment guy who could have won, you know, uh, in, in that regards. I mean, I think people like the fact that Trump didn't hold back and he said what was on his mind and he did not hold back and he fought. And I think a lot of people on the right or the conservative, you know, group, especially those like in the rural settings, we're just tired of, of having our people just, or I say our people, Republicans, conservatives, just sit down and just take whatever is being said to them and just smile and, and, and okay, we're going to take the higher road, but you know, that always didn't pan out very well. And so here you have Trump showing up and he's like, no, man, I'm not going to take, you know, take that. You know, he was just giving it back and, and giving it back. And sometimes it was funny and sometimes it, it cut them very hard. And sometimes people like didn't like that at all, but he stood up and he was, you know, at this point, he's been a man of his word. You know, he's done a lot of the things that he said he was going to do. And, uh, you know, I've talked a little bit. I, I'm not completely sold on Donald Trump. I'm not saying that he is the answer at all. I'm just saying that that was, you know, it it was a vote against the establishment, just like Brexit was a, a vote against the establishment. And we see other places that are, you know, things that are going on, like in Austria, there, there's, a, you know, a young, very right, right wing conservative guy uh, won. And that's a vote against the establishment, you know, and he's like very, you know, like super, like in early 20s, I believe. And so you have all these other things, all these other places that are going on and you know, people are just fed up. And so he he's always as far as I guess, as far as I've been uh, following Martin Armstrong in his blog, 
he was always, you know, in the past, he was always saying it's it's really depends on how they they turn, how things start to work. You know, do they do they start making the right decisions? And now lately, he's like, no, I don't think they're going to do it. I think we're headed for this for this, uh, you know, this bad or hard landing uh, in in as far as, you know, like a civil war going on and a breakup and uh, a breakup of the United States. I mean, I think that was one of the things that he had mentioned uh, when you look a little bit further into the cycles and stuff like that. And so very interesting, uh, you know, he did call the 2015.75 was uh, a day that he was kind of really calling out. And that was a day that Russia started bombing in Syria. As President Obama started pulling more and more troops out of the Middle East, Russia shows up. And now for those of you that are, you know, believers and Christians and, and people in that look to Bible prophecy, um, people will say like the ancient names for Russia or whatever are always in, you know, have been there. And people were always wondering, well, how, you know, could it really be Russia? Russia's not anywhere, you know, involved in the Middle East. And then all of a sudden they're there, you know, and so you have all these things kind of lining up. And, and that was very eye opening. That was very eye opening for a lot of people that are in, you know, the prophetic scene and looking at uh, current events, you know, through that lens. And, uh, you know, it doesn't look like Russia is, is leaving. They have said that they were leaving. They were, they said that they were, uh, you know, hey, we're, we're wrapping things up and we're headed back. They've said that a couple of times, but it's not true. They're still there. And so anyway, I was, I was going off on a tangent, but anyway, uh, Martin Armstrong, I, I do think he's someone to at least you should look at and, uh, you know, read his stuff. And that's why I post some of his stuff on, uh, Prepper website. From time to time, when I think I think some of his historical articles, when he talks about history and how cycles kind of uh, how how things kind of went uh, went down and how the economics of that all went down, I think it's very very interesting. And so I always like to read those as well. But anyway, um, I'm going to link to this this one is not very it's not a very long article at all. In fact, I probably read half of it there just in what I, I read. But something to keep you know again. Keep uh, your eyes open because things are really crazy. So, guys, I'm going to link to um, you know all those things in the show notes. Uh, I haven't heard from anybody as far as um, it, the current event thing that I did yesterday and um, the other links. So, if you know you really do appreciate clicking on those links, uh, if if you really do go read the the articles, you know when I post something like that, let me know. And uh, you know if not. It's not something that I have to do, and, and it kind of saves me just a little bit of time. So uh, just you know, interested in what you think about that. You can always come to episode 374 and leave me a note in the comment, or you can just email me at todd.sepulveda at prepperwebsite.com. Um, I have links you know, on all the, the websites on being able to, uh, to hit me up in, in that way. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and jump into our article. Uh, it comes to us from preppers, prepperswill.com. Now, before I actually before I get into this article, I want to say one thing very quickly, I, guys. I am not a survival guru. I am not a prepper guru. I am not. I, I've, I've never tried to pass myself off of, uh, as that. In fact, people who have written things before in the past and they have said, you know, like prepper, prepper guru or whatever. I'm like, could you could you please change that because I don't want to be known as that. I I am not like ex military. I am not, uh, you know, uh, someone who, uh, you know, who homesteads. I am a regular guy. I've talked about this before. I'm a regular 
regular guy who lives in the suburbs, who believes in preparedness. Actually, I feel it is a calling to prepare um, and, and something that I take very seriously. And there are times where, you know what, I, I want to throw in the towel. I mean, to just to be honest with you, and it's, it's, I almost equate it with my calling as being a pastor. There are times where it's just kind of like, what the heck, you know, is it, is it really worth it? I put a lot of time, I put a lot of effort into it. And is it really worth it to, to, to do all of this? So anyway, I equate my calling. And again, I do believe it is a calling, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff that I do with prepper website and even the, the podcast, um, to, to do this. So if I get things wrong from time to time, you got to forgive me on that, right? There's just, I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to get things right. I truly believe, you know, at the very beginning of every podcast, when I say that I connect you with resources that so that you can love your people, get prepared and live free. I truly believe in that. In fact, that if you listen to some of the first podcasts, you know, that didn't, uh, I wasn't really uh, saying that at the very beginning. Um, that came about as really, you know, Todd, what are you doing here? What do you really uh, what is your, your your main purpose? And that really came from uh, you know thinking that through and processing all of that through. And uh, yeah, that's what I do is I connect people with resources to help you to you know love your people, to be prepared, and to live free and not attached to all the junk that is out there. Again, all that to say is you know. I'm not going to be perfect. I hope no one ever looks at me as that, you know, hey, you are, you know, the 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 survival guru and, you know, whatever you say is got to be, you know, the 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 right way of doing it. I will tell you from from, you know, I have read a lot of articles. I have a lot of just knowledge in my head. I have practiced a lot. Uh, like I said, I'm not ex-military. I, I don't go out in, in to the woods every weekend, although I'd love to do that. But being a pastor, I can't do that um, just because of my responsibilities at the church. And so, you know, all, all that to say, I'm a regular guy, believe in preparedness, trying to get resources out there to you. So if I get things wrong from time to time, you got to forgive me. And hopefully, you know, what I say here on the podcast and what I put out on Prepper website and even the articles that I write, that you will also do research on top of that to, to get more information so that you can make the best judgments for you and your family and for your preparedness. Um, that's what it is. And sometimes I do throw out, uh, you know, one view, I, I throw opposing views. I've done that on Prepper website before, opposing views uh, on the same topic because I want people to come to conclusions for themselves. I want to give you the resources that are there and I want you to come to the conclusions and apply what you feel is right for you and your family, uh, you know, to your preparedness. So I just wanted to say that um, because I felt like I needed to say that today. So, um, you know, if I get things wrong, which I am going to get things wrong, and even in this article that I'm about to read, I'm probably going to pronounce things wrong as well. And so uh, just bear with me on that. I try to do the best that I can. All right, so uh, with all of that, and guys, I really, I'm not looking for sympathy, and I'm really not looking for emails like, hey, Todd, you know, whatever. Um, I, I'm really not. I just want to, felt like I needed to put that out there um, so before before I start um, the rest of the podcast or go into the rest of the podcast with the article. So anyway, this first one, our, our, our only article, comes to us from PreppersWill.com. 
and uh, it is entitled Garlic Uses in Traditional Medicine. Now, when it comes to you know some of the things that we're going to read here, there are some very legit reasons you that we're going to read that you need to go to the doctor uh, and you need to get some legit medicine. Um, and one of the things that we're going to be reading about, um, I, you know, I, I suffered from, and let me tell you, I, I would have happily done, you know, any kind of natural remedy as well. But when it cut down to it, I was like in some serious, serious pain. I'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later on uh, when we get into the to the article into that section, but just wanted to throw that out, you know, because this article does not do the the medical disclaimer, you know, this is for information purposes only, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I do want to say that here first out is that, you know, there, there is a lot of, um, legit medicine that you might need to get for some of the things that we're talking about here. So, but there's also some, you know, some of you might not want to go that route. You might want to go a natural and a holistic way of doing it. So you'd rather go this way. And also one of the big reasons is if there was ever a grid down situation, if there were ever was a situation where there wasn't doctors in, in hospitals and stuff like that, then this would be you know, the route that everyone would have to take. And so it's good to have this knowledge. You know, a couple of uh, podcasts back, I talked about having maybe a a little journal or a a notebook where you're taking some of the natural and and herbal, you know, ways of doing things and, and writing down and having like a little book where you could always reference and you know this might be one of those uh, you know type of articles and information that you would want to do with uh, with with you know that journal as well. And so anyway, let, let me stop talking. I've done a lot of talking. Let me go ahead and get started. And uh, like I said, garlic uses in traditional medicine. In the old days, the home medicine chest of the pioneers was comprised of locally grown herbs and plants. Garlic has been used in medicinal remedies for thousands of years since the ancient Greek and Roman times. It is part of our traditional medicine, and we should learn how to grow it and use it. Garlic is one of nature's gifts that can be found all over the world. It has been used for thousands of years as a natural remedy. Garlic has antibacterial, antifungal, and antiviral properties. The Chinese were the first to discover that it is also an immune stimulant and a powerful antioxidant. This plant can be grown in a wide sphere of climates and landscape. Therefore, it is an excellent garden choice for even the newest of gardeners. It is simple to grow and is easy to maintain. Garlic is one of the oldest cultivated plants and originated in Siberia or Central Asia more than 5,000 years ago. After discovery, its popularity quickly spread to different lands and cultures. So garlic uses in traditional medicine. Number one is asthma. This is a known chronic condition in which the airways leading to the lungs are inflamed. This condition occurs when a person who has asthma is exposed to various triggers. An age-old remedy for asthma is garlic milk. To make it, simply peel and crush eight raw garlic cloves and place them in a small pot. Add one-fourth cup of cold milk and bring the mixture to a boil, constantly stirring with a wooden spatula. Stirring helps prevent solids from sticking to the bottom of the pan. Then, strain the garlic from the hot milk and let the liquid cool down. Drink your asthma-treating garlic milk when it's still warm. Number two, atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis can simply be defined as plaque buildup inside the arteries. This plaque can be comprised of cholesterol, fat, calcium, and fibrin. 
Once the artery's opening narrows, the flow of oxygen-rich blood to the body is reduced. This affection can lead to heart attacks and strokes if not treated. In China, it was observed that regular garlic consumption could help manage atherosclerosis. Garlic indirectly affects atherosclerosis by reduction of hyperlipidemia, hypertension, and probably diabetes mellitus that prevents thrombus formation. Garlic's direct effect on atherosclerosis may be explained by its capacity to reduce lipid content in arterial cells and to prevent intracellular lipid accumulation. In my daily diet, I include one or two cloves of garlic, and I consider this as a regular consumption. And uh, that's great, man. If you can eat the the garlic cloves and you can just go straight for it, um, you know, more power to you. I know uh, a lady at church who is into uh, more of the natural, you know, herbs and healing. And uh, she's even, you know, taking classes and going to school for, uh, you know, essential oils and, and all that kind of stuff, natural remedies. I can't remember the name of the, the, the specific name uh, to all of that. But uh, her husband, you know, she gives her husband like a, a daily dose of garlic. And so it is, you know, like, kind of like a vitamin a supplement, whatever. So you're not eating uh, a raw garlic clove, which probably would be the best for you. But it is hard for a lot of people to do. But she does get, you know, just a, um, you know, a supplement, a garlic supplement. And it does smell garlicky. If you are a person um, that smells can like garlic can go through your skin i think that happens to a point and then you, that stops but um we like my mother-in-law that that does happen where you know smells can come through the skin right if that's something that affects you you might want to go ahead and and uh, do that supplement and so you know that's a, a heart healthy supplement and actually it, it will affect you in so many other ways it's part of positive benefits uh, of you know, so many other ways that of course we're reading it here all right um number three is athlete's foot the common fungal infection can be a pain in the behind and once contracted the fungus grows on or just under the surface of the skin this fungus is highly contagious and can be acquired by sharing shoes, walking on infected surfaces, or touching the skin of an infected foot. An old remedy for treating athlete's foot requires to simply add a few finely crushed cloves of garlic to a foot bath and soaking the affected foot for 30 minutes. Another cure I've learned from the Mediterranean culture is mincing a few garlic cloves Mix the minced garlic with olive oil and then using a cotton ball to rub some of the solution on the affected area. All right, so that one with the, the olive oil and the crushed garlic, I mean, that seems, um, you know, that seems pretty doable there. It's something that you could definitely do now or, with, you know, if the poop hits the fan. Now, you could, you could try it now, and if it doesn't work, you could, um, you know, you can quickly go to a cream or, or something like that if that's something that you wanted to do. What I have learned about a lot of the, these, uh, you know, like the home remedies and the, the herbal remedies and things like that is um, if you are used to taking a pill and, for instance, your, your headache going away right away or, you know, within 30 minutes, that's not the way a lot of herbal remedies work, you know. Um, you, get, you have to get it in and build it into your system. And so that's possibly one of the ways that this is going to work as well. Although, I don't know, uh, I have had some uh, uses of uh, tea tree oil 
that have uh, done some really great things a lot faster than even uh, medicinal, or I'm sorry, not medicinal, but uh, regular medicine, you know, cream and stuff from the doctors. I've talked about that before on the podcast. Um, I can always talk about it a little bit later on as well, but um, interesting as well. Uh, there for that for that athlete's foot thing and um, easy easy way to take care of that you know I was thinking about this as I was reading it you know if the poop hit the fan and you had a bunch of people uh, in one place taking showers and you weren't careful about that and with athlete's foot I know uh, I had uh, a cousin who was going to a Bible school where there was a lot of people and it was kind of like dorms but I mean it was like a, a lot of people in a dorm and people were going and there was a, a few showers for everyone and they were sharing showers and athlete's foot was being passed around quickly because it just wasn't being cleaned thoroughly enough, you know? And so uh, what people started doing is buying those shoes or going to the, you know, taking your shower with flip-flops on so that you just wouldn't be, you know, in that water and uh, you wouldn't get athlete's foot because nobody wanted that. But if you're in a poop hit the fan situation and you have one shower and a lot of people are using it, yeah, it might be something that you need to think about. All right, number four is beaver fever. Giardia infestation is found in places with poor sanitation and the par- and this parasite can be found in lakes and streams. The old folks called it beaver fever and it was one of the most common intestinal illnesses back then. Once ingested, it will cause cramps, bloating, nausea, and diarrhea. And the worst part is that this infection can last for several weeks. The pioneers used to mix crude garlic in water, and it was an effective treatment for giardia, especially for children. Adults used to take two to three cloves of garlic twice a day before meals to reduce the duration of giardiasis. For the cure to work, you shouldn't cook the garlic as the active constituents are destroyed. So um, I guess I'm not sure. There's not more information here other than placing it in water and uh, and going there. I don't know if maybe just the kids swallow it or you know how it goes from there. But um, you know, important to know there. Number five is bronchitis. The respiratory disease can be described as the inflammation of the lining of the bronchial airways of the lungs. Acute bronchitis will cause swelling in the mucous membranes and the air pathways will narrow making it difficult for the patient to breathe. For this affection, the same garlic milk can be used and you should drink it at night before going to bed. Additionally, you can make a garlic tonic that can help with various respiratory infections. You will need six cloves of fresh garlic, peeled and chopped, four tablespoons of raw honey, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, and four tablespoons of water. Combine all ingredients in an airtight glass jar and shake it until everything is thoroughly mixed. Take a teaspoon of the tonic every four hours until symptoms subside. All right, number six is candida. Not Canada, but candida. Candidiasis is a well-known fungal infection caused by the yeast-like candida fungus. Its condition in the body shifts to create an environment favorable to candida overgrowth. Infections of the mouth, vagina, urinary tract, skin, or stomach can set in. Vaginal yeast infections are very common, affecting up to 75% of women at some point in their lives. There are many therapeutic uses for garlic when it comes to a yeast infection. However, when it comes to vaginal yeast infections, naturopathic doctor Tori Hudson from the USA, who specializes in women's complaints, recommends using garlic tampons. Be careful not to cut the clove, but... Thread a string carefully through the end of a peeled clove. Insert and leave for 8 hours. 
All right, so that is probably more than you ever wanted to know about yeast infections and how to heal that when the poop hits the fan. But if you're a woman and you're suffering from that after a while, you'll probably just try anything. All right, number seven, and here is uh, where I was going to chat a little bit about this one, gout. This is commonly known as a form of arthritis that can cause severe pain and swelling in joints, and it's most commonly encountered at the base of the big toe. Garlic is shown to be successful in improving the symptoms of gout and other types of arthritis like osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. It works primarily by reducing inflammation and relieving pain. As a common remedy, it is recommended to chew several raw garlic cloves a day. However, if raw garlic is too hot for the mouth, try boiling the cloves for 5 minutes, then drinking the water once it has cooled to a comfortable temperature. This can be repeated several times a day until the symptoms of gout have disappeared. Well, in reading that, you know, back up where it was talking about, you know, giving the kids the garlic water makes me think uh, that for the uh, the beaver fever, right? For the uh, what was that? The giardia uh, infestation. Uh, you know, that might be the way to do it. Is you boil it for five minutes and then go from there. But I don't know. Uh, you know, not not one hundred percent sure, but kind of you know, reading this here for the gout gets me to think that might be a way to do it. But anyway, so my dad suffers from gout, and he has the traditional uh, where it goes to his uh, big toe, and it's actually kind of deformed a little bit now. We kind of laugh at him. Uh, he's actually has a, uh, a a tennis shoe that he has cut out the the big toe area because it is so painful, and when he is. Uh, when when it is flared up and it it hasn't flared up in years, but when it has flared up, I mean you can you can tell that he's in a lot of pain, right? And uh, you know he's not he's not a weakling or anything like that. So you know that he's in a lot of pain. Well, we used to you know rib him a lot and give him a, a lot of static because of that. And even when he had his his foot up, if you can just imagine playing around and going around him like I'm gonna I'm gonna grab it, I'm gonna grab it, and he would like, man, if you if you touch my foot, I'm gonna punch you in the face, right? And so uh, that's you know you, you could tell how much he was in pain. So um, what was it like last year? Last year I had a uh, a bout of, of gout. And uh, didn't know what it was because it didn't present itself like his gout, like the traditional gout. And uh, I, I was just having problems. And I had, um, we have a thing where we, you can call Teladoc. And it is, you know, you just call them up. And they don't usually do something like this, like give you a steroid or whatever. But they did. And uh, it went away for a little bit. I was like, all right, I'm fine. And so then we had a big staff development in the district and oh my gosh, I was in so much pain. I was limping so bad that when the the first day was over of our staff development, we were on our feet all day long. I, I got in my vehicle and I drove straight to the emergency, emergency care clinic. And uh, you know, every time I would sit down, it was that much harder to get up. And I'm sure people were looking at me like, what is the matter with you? And uh, there was nothing as for when the doctor was touching it. There was, it wasn't broken. It wasn't anything like that. It didn't present itself as gout. You know, she gave me, a, again, another steroid, a little bit stronger steroid. And um, I, I can't, there's something else that she gave me. And then during Hurricane Harvey, it happened again. And uh, it wasn't too much longer after that. I started feeling it. It just came back. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And uh, because I, every, you know, some people kept saying, well, is it gout? And I'm like, no, it's, no. I mean, I know my dad has gout. I know what it looks like. No, this isn't gout. I was looking it up on the internet. I'm like, there's no way that this is gout. It doesn't present itself like that at all. 
and um, finally went to the doctor, uh, went to a podiatrist, and we got uh, you know some blood work done. And sure enough, it was, and he just it wasn't presenting itself like uh, your traditional you know look of gout. And uh, you know he gave me some medicine, took care of it that one time, and never had it again. Although I'm a little bit more careful about what I eat now, and uh, not really you know. Uh, I just don't go crazy with the really rich foods that could do that again because I just I don't have time to be you know in pain. I just don't want to be dealing with that. Plus, you know, you try you try to eat a little bit healthier and, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, just to throw that out there. So when I say like eating garlic and stuff and eating some supplements and whatever, that is definitely really really great. Um, I got another quick story I'll tell you. Well, I guess let me finish this and I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, or I'll, t- I'll tell that, sh- share that story here in a minute. I feel like I'm talking like really super fast and I'm looking at the time and I'm realizing that I've gone over a, a lot longer than I have, you know, in the past, in the, the recent past with podcasts. So um, maybe I just need to slow down just a little bit. Number eight is high blood pressure. This is a common health issue today and many people suffer from high blood pressure without even knowing it. This condition develops slowly over time and it can damage blood vessels and eventually the heart. If you don't treat blood pressure, it can lead to a heart attack and stroke. Back then, blood pressure wasn't something people knew about and this wasn't something that they didn't have to worry about. However, in cultures where garlic is a constant component of the daily diet, it was noticed that fewer people suffer from high blood pressure. In fact, garlic can significantly lower both systolic and diastolic blood pressure. If you want to reduce your reliance on medication, I recommend eating 480 milligrams of aged garlic extract each day and you will see incredible results. Try to make garlic tincture at home, or maybe try to make a garlic tincture at home following this recipe and you will not be disappointed. So there is a link to uh, a garlic tincture that you can make. All right, number nine is growing itch or jock itch. Riding a horse all day wasn't always a pleasant experience for the pioneer and a growing infection was a common thing back then. This mildly contagious fungal infection develops when the fungus finds a warm, moist place to grow. In time, the skin becomes reddened and it spreads to the inner thighs, genitals, and buttocks. I kind of feel like uh, Forrest Gump saying that one there. An itchy, dry, and scaly rash will become a constant pain if not treated correctly. Garlic was a fantastic and simple cure for the people back then, and it can still be used today. Here is what you need to do if you suffer from jock itch. Crush a couple of garlic cloves and apply them directly to the affected skin. This is a fast and effective relief to the itching and burning sensation. Another option would be to mix olive oil and garlic cloves to create a paste-like mixture that can be applied directly on the skin. The only downside of this cure is that you will smell like garlic. It wasn't a problem back then, but nowadays you will keep people away. And number 10 is ringworm. This is a fungal infection of the outer layers of the skin causing a red rash that forms a circle or a ring on the surface of the skin, hence the name. The fungus can affect any area of the body with one or more rings. It is contagious. Initially, the rash is red, itchy, and flat. If it progresses, the skin can become inflamed with pus-filled blisters. As a solution, heat freshly cut garlic gently in olive oil for 10 minutes and spread over the infected area when the oil cools. This can be done several times a day until the infection clears. 
One batch of garlic oil can be prepared and used each day as long as care is taken to ensure the oil hasn't been contaminated with the fungus. So now a word of advice. Before diving headfirst and trying some of these remedies, I think it's wise to specify that not everyone reacts the same to the intake or external application of garlic. Therefore, keep the following in mind before trying any of the cures listed here. When applying raw garlic directly to the skin, you can cause irritation and damage, similar to a burn. If you attempt to use garlic in such a way, test on a small, inconspicuous area first. For pregnant and breastfeeding women, the amounts normally found in foods can be safely enjoyed, but they should avoid higher therapeutic amounts. The same advice applies to children. Over the years, doctors have noticed that garlic can interfere with a few of the drugs used to help control medical conditions. The absorption and utilization of isoniazid can be reduced. This is an antibiotic used in the treatment of tuberculosis. Also, medications to slow blood clotting, like warfarin, taken alongside garlic can increase the chance of bleeding. This additive effect is also a danger with antihypertensive drugs as both can lower blood pressure, increasing the risk of hypotension. Caution must be taken when combining garlic with other herbs that slow blood clotting. These include ginger, clove, ginkgo, turmeric, and angelica. All right, so there's some other uh, useful resources that you might want to check out, I guess, that go along with herbal treatments and herbal remedies as well. All right, so I wanted to just uh, share with you this this quick story. When my wife and I first got married, uh, we lived with my parents just for a little bit, uh, and uh, my mom cooked with a lot of garlic and a lot of spice, but a lot of garlic. And my wife wasn't used to that. So it took her a little while. She had a lot of indigestion at the very beginning. And it took her a, a little while. Now she cooks with it all the time. And, uh, you know, she, I love the way she cooks. And she uses a lot of garlic. Um, you know, and so we, we have that aspect as well. But if for whatever reason you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I'm going to start using garlic, um, you might feel that, a little bit of indigestion there. And again, like the article said, everybody... Uh, will react a little bit differently. Some people will have no problem with it whatsoever. Some people might, you know, have indigestion. Some people might react, uh, you know, even uh, more severely to it, uh, you know, having garlic. So anyway, just something that you should consider if you are thinking about doing it. But I loved what it said here that garlic is can be easily be grown in so many different places. So maybe getting some organic uh, garlic and uh, planting them in, you know, a section of the garlic and just kind of letting a, a section of the garlic, a section section of the garden and just letting them go might be, you know, something that you, you might want to do. And uh, that way you can just kind of go from, from year to year and just have this garlic patch that you, you just grow. And so uh, maybe we need to have an article on growing garlic because um, there's just so many benefits from it. So uh, anyway, there you go, guys. That's over at PreppersWill.com. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes, as well as I'm linking to all the other articles that I talked about at the very beginning of the podcast. All right. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 374. I uh, hey, appreciate you just letting me talk your ear off today and uh, just talking, uh, you know, just coming from a bunch of different uh, areas today. Hey, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the show. You can head on over to the prepper website podcast.com. We have a ton of ways for you to subscribe and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. 
And don't forget to connect with me, especially the Facebook group. Love to see you over there. And also on Twitter, Instagram, and, uh, you know, on Facebook uh, before they take it all away. (laughs) Right. All right. So with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.